Ladies and gentlemen, film enthusiasts and storytellers, welcome to a brand new episode of Cinema Time. Your host, Mike Jose Collins. Joined with me is, as always, Jake Schultz. We're here, or we're thrilled here to uh, bring you on a cinematic adventure with us today. We are a little late. We missed a, a Friday late. episode. Um, we'd like to apologize to all the uh, people demanding uh, release the episode. There was no episode. Uh, we are filming or uh, recording today on a Wednesday. It's uh, it's a very very busy time for us, so we're probably going to shrink these down to about uh, once a week. So don't expect those two two episodes a week, but yeah. we will still attempt to get those out to you. Uh, today we are going to be talking, as always, we do on Tuesdays. No, today's Wednesday, but uh, <laughs> on Mondays. Mon- Jeez, not even Tuesdays. Mondays. The schedule is going to be a lot more. Flippity floppity uh, Yeah, flippity. especially with right now, there's not that many movies coming out. Once there's more movies that I think we're going to be more willing to go out and check. Yeah, exactly. We'll get reviews. But for now, it's just kind of the, the dog days of summer are dying out. So we're just, well, we'll be here when we're here. Okay. We're trying our best. Absolutely. Uh, today we'll be talking box office and we will also be talking a little tiff journey that Jake went on over the weekend. So why don't we dive into the box office? Let's see if I can get my uh, my guesses in here. So you said last week you had eight. You actually had seven. I just want to point that but out. I have seven. I re-listened to it. You messed up because you called one of them way too early. I think you called the equalizer at like number. Yeah, yeah. So you, you were seven. You weren't eight. So I was you, eight though. No, no. I re-listened to the podcast. You had eight. What did, you I, had ha- seven. What did I have wrong? <laughs> You had one of them wrong. I re-listened to it though. You did mess it up. That was wrong. That was wrong. That was right. 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 That's eight. I swear you had seven. I had the bottom two. I think no. I had eight and ten wrong. That's it. Oh, I had bottoms wrong, but I got eight correct. So I have eight still. Okay. Still, you're still wrong. So is my math bad? Maybe. Or or are we just? I think I had eight. I think I only got two wrong, and if I minus, I feel like you said the equalizer two, so early, though. I did, I did. That was my first guess at number ten, and then I got, uh, I believe, bottoms wrong, but I got the next two correct. Um, uh, and people will comment, no, you got them all wrong. So I'll just no. Get I think people will comment more about the aerodynamics of Gran Turismo than anything. Jesus, I don't know what's going on. With <laughs> that. Grow I, up, people. I don't think I want to do a full segment on it this week, but there has been three more comments on our TikTok. All relating about aerodynamics of the car crash in Gran Turismo. Yeah, like get over it, guys. It's, <laughs> it has. If I have to understand aerodynamics in how a car crashes that they don't explain to me in the movie, then the movie did something wrong there. Okay. Like it's it's a dumb movie for how people come in here and saying that aerodynamics. Dude, oh, you don't understand the aerodynamics of movie. But the th- the thing that's even funnier is that it's not just like they're saying the same thing over and over again. It's the same like specifically. You don't understand aerodynamics, bro. Like what? What do you Jeez. mean? I don't understand. Also, someone said that uh, it literally could have been in his place, and then he said, "Ladies and gentlemen, white men trying to make it big on podcasts." Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's supposed to be like a, a jab at us. I'm assuming he means it because he has like three clappy hands after. That account? Click that account. It's someone who's pretending to be Jenna Ortega dating F1 people. <laughs> that's not a that, – I, I think that is literally like a nine-year-old girl. So I don't think you have to so, worry too much so about we, that. So we, 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 we won that one is what you're saying. Okay. I understand. I don't, I don't think we were in a competition. <laughs> Okay, let's get to uh, let's get to this week's releases. Can you tell me what came out? Yes, because we didn't we didn't fully. do a Friday. Uh, so the Nun three, yeah, 
My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. Let's go. Trilogies. As well, I feel like I have to give you this one because I don't even know what it is, and it is in the top 10. So it's called Jawan. I've never heard of this movie. Is it Bollywood? It's Hindi, right? It's Hindi, yes. So this came out in 800 theaters. So just just a fair warning that that movie is in the top 10. But I will give you 13 to 10 like always. Talk to me. Dropping down from number 10. So it's officially exited the long yes, yes. weekend. The long weekend? No. it's I'm looking at from the last weekend. The number 10, it is officially enter exit. Oh, my God. After seven weeks there with a 50% drop of 900000 bringing its worldwide total to $67 million. Doing very well there. At number 11, oh, I didn't say number 13, did I? Strays dropped out of the top 10 from yeah, 9 to that 13. that makes sense. Sixty-seven percent drop, and it's just its fourth week making under a million dollars at eight hundred and forty-four thousand dollars. Brands worldwide total of thirty-two million, real bad, real, real, real bad. At number eleven, dropping again out of the top ten. So you got three here that are dropping out of the top ten, Mister Collins. Make two the trench. Make two one point two strays. Meg Strays and Talk to Me Talk all to me. out of the top 10. So these are all movies that were in there. So I made $1.2 million, 52% drop. Brands worldwide total still to $386 million. So in no way a flop there. Domestically, however, a little bit of a different story, but just $80 million. Now officially into the top 10. Okay, this is where it gets weird. Because my big fat Greek wedding should not be in the top 10. And I'm go- I, I, I don't know anybody who wants to see this movie. Uh, but I feel like because it's a new movie, it's probably going to be there. Um, Think about the totals that I gave you for the last one was $1.2 million. Yeah. So that movie has to have more than $1.2 million. It's still My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. Andrea Martin. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a big movie. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Bottoms. Bottoms, dropping from number 7 to number 10 this weekend as it adds theaters. So it's still adding theaters, which is the good thing here. Yeah. It added about 550 theaters, bringing its total this week to $2 million with a 32% drop. Pretty nice. Worldwide total, $7.8 million. Really good for a small little indie film. And I'm going to talk about Bottoms a little bit later. Cool beans. Number nine. Number nine. Okay. so Starting off one for one so far. I feel like it's still a little too early to have newer movies in here. So this is where it gets a little complicated. Because I, I believe in the holding power of some of these things, and I don't in other things. So I'm going to go Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, dropping from number six last week to this week to number nine. Beautiful. 40% drop, still really good. Yeah. $2.7 million, brings worldwide to $166 million. You know what? That's not bad. It could have done better. You know, I think the sequel will bring a lot more people in. Yeah. Hopefully so. And the series. They're going to do a spinoff series with this as well. Yeah. So at least at least the turtles are back. Did After Everything come out this week? I don't know what that is. Okay. So I'm going to assume it's not in the top ten. <laughs> you don't know the After have series? No idea. Oh, no. Is that the thing that we saw in, trailer, in theaters? That trailer that was just like the most awful thing in the world? Yeah. You've never seen those movies? No. I have not sat down to watch them. Dreadful. Dreadful, dreadful movies. It has not come out. Um, okay. So I'm going to believe that... Two for two. The, the three movies must be higher then. So, like, do I believe in the staying power of Oppenheimer here? Or Gran Turismo or Blue Beetle? I feel like Blue Beetle's done. 
Like, is that even going to be in the top 10? Because it's on video on demand now, isn't it? It's not. It's not yet. Okay. It's not. You said that last week as well. <laughs> it I did, did I? It's not on Barbie video. Barbie just came out on Barbie video is video on video on demand, yes. It delayed it but by But is that week. still in theaters then? Barbie? Yes. Okay. I think we bought it yesterday. Did you? Yeah. Um, Slay. I'm going to go with Oppenheimer here. Oppenheimer at number eight, dropping from number five. Three for three so far. 46% drop. So I believe that is the biggest drop it has had so far. It is losing theaters for the first time. 452 theaters lost. Still open in 2,000 theaters. So, you know, it's still out there. But currently, it is at its worldwide total of $891 million. It is approaching $900,000. It will get there for sure. Yeah. It is not going to get a billion unless they do some re-releases down the line. It is going to finish just above $900 million, But hey... You really can't complain about that one from Christopher Nolan. Oh, okay. Good good start. Good start for you. Three for three. Now Number I feel like seven. it's going to get complicated, isn't it? <laughs> it gets a little weird. Okay, I'm going to go. I feel like a Hindi movie might do better, but I still feel like those two new releases might have that. And then it's like, does Blue Beetle fall below Gran Turismo? That's mm-hmm. the real question. Uh, so I'll, I'll take a guess. I'll go Blue Beetle here. First one wrong of the day, Gran Turismo. It was Gran Turismo, damn. $3.5 million. I thought, it would, I thought it would fall further than it, Gran Turismo because people, I mean, people are coming for me for talking about it. <laughs> Jeez. The aerodynamics, Michael. 47% drop. Still, like, it's around 50% every single week, so it's not great, and clearly it's losing theaters, and just its third week lost over 1,000 theaters which brings its worldwide total to $93 million worldwide. It'll cross 100 but it's yeah. not going to get much, much more than that. Tough. Okay, well, then I'll go uh, uh, Blue Beetle here. Blue Beetle dropping yeah. from number three to number six Damn, this week. I knew that. I thought I, I was thinking a little too tricky. You know what? 46%. It is, it's holding on. It, this could have been way worse than what it actually happened. $114 million worldwide. It's not great, but... It's half the budget, so it, it's at least doing something. Yeah, it could have been way, way worse. This is just another one of the cases that people are kind of out there going, you know what? Why don't we go watch Blue Beetle? Because it's in its fourth week. People have seen every movie clearly out there right now. That's at the number six spot. So okay, you just, just one wrong so far so, this week. Then I want to feel like there's a new release here, but I feel like the holding power of Barbie might still have it like further up. But uh, that's tough. Okay, uh, Barbie. Barbie dropping from number two to number five this week. In eight weeks, 44% drop. It is still in over 3,000 theaters, regardless of it being on video on wow. demand. And it's officially passed $1.4 billion worldwide as well. This weekend, because I will probably forget about it by the time I get to what comes out this week, Barbie is... Not only coming back into theaters, even though it didn't leave, it's getting an upgrade. IMAX. It is getting its IMAX release for one week only. So if you want to go watch it in IMAX, it is going to be upscaled for that. I'm sure it's going to rake in some more money, so we'll see probably a better drop next week with people going out and checking it in IMAX one more time. Before cool beans, man. I'll, do, I'll go out. do that. Even though you just bought it? Yeah. IMAX, bro. But it's not filmed in IMAX. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who cares? Where else I'd be uh, number four. I don't care if it's filmed at IMAX. IMAX just means it's a big-looking movie. It looks big. Is there really a difference? 
we watched Oppenheimer in IMAX. Yeah, it was wicked. Cause it was huge. Yeah, but it was like literally filmed for IMAX versus you wouldn't have like the actual like length. And nah, like, who cares? I care. Nerds, nerd stuff. <laughs> um, let's go with the Equalizer three. At number four, Jawans. Oh come on! Nah. <laughs> A high-octane action thriller which outlines the emotional journey of a man who is set to rectify the wrongs in society. Wait, is is my big fat Greek wedding three going to be the number one movie at the box office? Oh, my God. Opening up in 824 theaters, $6.1 million. That's really good. Internationally, it's doing more money domestically than internationally. Did 4.5 this weekend with its worldwide total of $12 million. For a movie I've never heard about, go ahead. Cool. Number three. <laughs> the Equalizer 3. No, so you're wrong. My Big Fat Greek oh, Wedding okay, 3. Okay. Oh, Equalizer might still be number one then. Okay. $10 million domestically for My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. I didn't think people knew this movie was coming out. I didn't know this movie was coming out until I saw it. Like, I saw that in the, the preview. Yeah. Do people still care about this? Have you seen the first two? No. You should watch the first one. But they're, they're not Actually, even on- you don't need to. Uh, yeah, okay. I was going to say. It's fine. They're not even on a wedding in this one. They're what are they on, doing? They're just on vacation. After traveling to well, Greece for a family- Well, then they lied to everybody because that's ridiculous. After traveling to Greece for a family reunion, a woman attempts to locate her deceased father's childhood friends. What? <laughs> that is the premise. Okay, like, neato burritos. $13 million. $13.5 million to be exact worldwide, so not a hit internationally are we really surprised by that yeah probably not which means we have two films left okay so one new release the non in the the equalizer three okay i've also lost track of how many you have right but it is definitely not i think i'm at i think i'm at eight well um what uh <laughs> how much money did uh did my big fat greek buddy make 10 million 10 mil okay okay then i'll go think of how big the equalizer yeah, opened it's last a week massive 34 million okay i'll go the none two here because i think it's Pretty decent. The Equalizer three dropping sixty five point three percent. Horror movie beating the Equalizer three. It's tough. It is in the Conjuring universe. Sixty five point three percent. Terrible drop for that film. Okay, that's fine. Twelve million dollars this weekend, but worldwide, it's crossed a hundred million. It's at a hundred and eight million dollars. So you know, hell yeah. Power of Denzel Washington, which means, like you mentioned, a horror film. The Nun two number one. The Nun two, which we have not go gone to check out yet. Yes, I will. I'm probably going to go this weekend. $32 million. Are you serious? <laughs> $32 million? I know you're being facetious, but $32 million for The Nun is crazy. I don't understand why there's people who after- I like The Nun. You like the first Nun? Yeah, it's, it's goofy. terrible. Why? It's boring. It's not boring. It's pretty boring. It's like, the Yeah. <laughs> this one did get better reviews. Okay. It's cool. got- I think it's hovering out of 60 on Rotten Tomatoes. $90 million in its opening weekend with its worldwide cool. total. So international holding on a lot of the money there. Are you actually going to go watch this in theaters? Yeah. Okay, I'll cam it. I guess I'll watch it on a cam. <laughs> I don't endorse cams. We d- we know this. Do a double feature after everything in the Nun 2. What about my big fat Greek wedding 3? Yeah, I said what I said. Okay, a total of the worldwide box office for the year at number ten: Ant Man, The Wasp, Quantum Media, four hundred seventy-six million; Elemental, four hundred eighty-four million. Still making money. It's like that number's going up. It's not cool. 
it's internationally, it's it's making some money. Number eight, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, five hundred sixty-three million dollars. Number seven, Little Mermaid, five hundred sixty-nine million dollars. Number six, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Has changed. Not so far, no, because all these movies are uh, not in theaters. At number six, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Just give me the, just give me the top three numbers. Six hundred and eighty-nine. I'm getting there. Let me let me go. Let me list. Okay, I was in a groove. Fast X at number five, seven hundred four million dollars. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three at number four, eight hundred forty-five million dollars. Number three, Oppenheimer, eight hundred ninety-one million dollars. Super Mario Bros. Movie, one point three billion dollars there, and Barbie, one point four. So with this number, it's pretty stagnant now. I was gonna get there. You're getting there. I think I will we'll retire this for now. I don't think there's gonna be a movie coming out with Dune moving. We'll we'll track the Marvels, but. As of now, this is looking pretty set. Like this might be the top the finito, ten yeah. of the year. I I can't think of any other big movie coming out this year that will challenge these numbers. And there was a time where five hundred thousand dollars era tour. Well, th- that's the other thing that it actually might. So yeah. that comes out in a couple weeks. Pre-sales apparently are rivaling some of the bigger movie openings ever. And it's already projected to earn over a hundred thousand, a hundred million in its first weekend domestically. <laughs> That's crazy sauce. It's terrifying. Those beans go cuckoo. What? Are you okay? <laughs> this whole episode is just. Did you watch her like drunk last night at the VMAs? I did. I saw she her. Had a great time. She was having a great time. It's a really good VMAs last night. You watched the VMAs? Phenomenal. Have you listened to Olivia Rodrigo's album yet? Uh, the album? No, no. It's a good album. Yeah, I like, she has some great performances. So, uh, she's a great singer. Yeah, she's great. Are you going to go watch the Eras Tour movie? Oh, yeah, we both are. We're going to go together. Sorry? We both are. We're going to go together. You did not just willingly sign me up for that. Yeah. I don't think you have my consent for that. For the Taylor Swift Eras Tour. Do you know how long it is? Well, I'm going to guess like four and a half hours. <laughs> it's like pushing three hours. I don't know if I can sit and listen to people singing in a theater for three hours. Oh, people sing at this thing? Yeah. Huh. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't want to go watch it. Why? Because I would rather go see her in concert versus a th- like movie theater movies like or musical movies that are on a concert. I don't Why do people like those? What are you gaining from them? I don't understand why people are so oh, this is your closest thing to the access. It's just it, it's weird. You're sitting and watching people watch a recording of a concert. Yeah, but it's also weird to pay like a thousand dollars and sit in the five hundreds of some place and like barely be able to see somebody in person. Okay, fair. <laughs> but like it's a movie about a concert. It's honestly better than doing that, wouldn't you say? Concerts kind of suck now. No, that's a bad take. They're just like, bo- like boring. Not boring. It's boring when you're like far. There's no like concert that has like a pit anymore. Like the only fun stuff is festivals now. And now I'm too old where I like I don't want to be at a festival at all. But like concerts where you're standing up and you can see the act. I don't want to sit down in my not that people sit down anymore, but like the fact that you're you're way up wherever and you can't even well, watch Well, you're talking about the so Rogers lame. Arena. I'm talking like, about every single stadium is like that Scotia now. Scotiabank's not that bad. Scotiabank is terrible. Okay, no it's not. If you're in the 100s, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine, but you'd also obviously rather be in general admission. Way better. 
but it's then like the, can, it's actually the only like tolerable thing you could do at a concert now. I, I, it's so <laughs> stupid nowadays. And the, the worst part is I don't want to wait in the line to go into general admission. I would rather just pay to have a seat so I can know I can just watch the concert. But then that's even worse than being in general admission. So like concerts are just freaking boring now. No. Yeah, well, I mean, like, you go to Budweiser, if you go, like, 30 minutes later, then you're, like, so far up on the lawn, you can barely see anything. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry, I was dying for a second there. The lawn has always been bad. No, the lawn is fine if you're early. But, like, why would you ever go that early? Because you, I don't know, you're on the lawn. You're, you got a nice spot. I don't think I've also, ever been, er- like, enough that early, because everyone always goes and lines up, like, immediately. Yeah, it's bizarre. Well, you can find some concerts where people don't really care. I guarantee Morgan Wallen, everyone's going to be there by like oh, yeah, yeah, that 1 o'clock done. in the afternoon. Those tickets are nuts, too. I know Price people it. who have bought tickets for the lawn and spent over $400. Yeah, it's a bit nuts. I would like that's. I agree that there there's a... For me, it's the pricing of actual fans out with scalping, but that's with everything. Yeah, but I, I feel like that's also the big, probably the biggest issue with why concerts are just aren't worth that money anymore. Like, yeah. if you can find like a cheap concert ticket on like Game Time or something, like the day of, and you're like, oh, I kind of like that band. Oh, I don't mind sitting up here. Like, that's fine. That, I, I agree, is totally justified. Well, that's what I did with Follow Boy. It was like day of. I got my tickets for $20. Well, that's what I did with Taylor Swift and Harry Styles. Got day of like $20. Oh, before they, they were thousands of dollars to go yeah, see them? Yeah, like day of, like $20. Go check them out. What concert was Taylor Swift? Reputation. Big reputation. Yeah, Harry Styles was his first first album. So the only good one he made. What? I'm it's not a, a terrible. I'm take. Not a fan of his new albums. It's the second one is the best album he's made. The most recent one, I agree with you, is kind of meh. like what was it called Harry's House? Yeah, I think the second one got so overplayed that I just it did. But it was amazing when it came out. Hearing watermelon phenomenal. sugar now is the same vein of me hearing that Maroon Five song. The Girls like you, I just sends me into a a, a list like anger. Not just, too long ago, I was dancing for dollars. You know, every like that single. Rap. Whenever I worked retail, when that song was at its peak, I heard that song on the radio at least twice an hour. So then, do the math. When you're working eight hour shifts and working seven days a week, I wanted to end everything. Whenever that song would like, come on, when I worked at a breakfast restaurant the like coffee playlist that they have there there's so many like acoustic songs now that i'm like oh my god you can't listen to instrumentals anymore but you know that's how i know that sub songs are good Mm. when you can still like oh you're waiting for that one good one to come on you're like oh this one rips bro it's kind of the same yeah it's the same thing when you're working retail because now but i couldn't imagine now listening to the music in like modern because most music sucks nowadays like most mainstream music is terrible how? Name me, name me like good albums that's come out this year. Nothing, nothing good has a come good out. Good album, aside from I actually like Olivia Rodrigo's album is like probably my favorite one because there's just been nothing really good that's come out this year. In modern, like, have you heard Addison Rae's EP? Shut up! It's actually phenomenal. Like it's amazing. There's no chance. It's Addison Rae. Yeah, have you not heard her EP? Like she just released it like a couple weeks ago. No, I have not heard Addison phenomenal. Rae's EP. I've never even heard that she did that. Yeah. You didn't. Dude, the music is like, it rules. It's so freaking good for like no reason. She just like bought a bunch of songs. It that, got like, good reviews? Yeah, dude, it's phenomenal. She bought like a bunch of songs that people, um, 
just like weren't using and stuff. She's a song with Charlie. Why have I not heard about this? Dude, she perfectly timed that Charlie XCX like thing. It's coming off Barbie. And it was on that song that she like previewed, I think like last year, that people were all hating. And she's like, wow, people hate this. I'm going to add Charlie XCX on this song. And it rips so hard, dude. Weird. Okay. Well, I don't, I guess I'll listen to it. Pitchfork gave it a 9.0. <laughs> what? This is the Addison Ray we're talking about, though. Yeah, Addison Ray. She'd be the baddest. That's all I think about every time I just hear her. Addison Ray, she'd be the baddest. It was the baddest. Anyways, this is a movie podcast. I forgot about that. You should listen to it, though. It's like just absolute pop bangers, dude. Rips. Also, the Barbie soundtrack is like one of the best movie soundtracks we've had in years. Yeah, that's fair. I think some of the songs are kind of annoying on there, but they do their job very well. Like Lizzo's song is just perfect for what they do in the movie. What song's annoying on that? Uh, not sorry, not annoying, but like unmemorable. Haim is one of my favorite bands, and that song there is really unforgettable. And I was really disappointed by that one. What's Haim? Say what's Haim? No, that's Haim. It's forgettable music. Okay, well, have you seen their dance? <laughs> no, it's everywhere. Search up Haim dance and see everyone hate online about their dance. It's like their their thing. But Post Malone's album was really disappointing. Yeah, but I I haven't liked any really any of the projects that Post Malone's done since Stony. Beerbong and Bentley's. I was so stoked for Beerbong and Bentley's. By the way, I was also like people listening to this. I was on the first like Post Malone wave. Mm. People. Seen uh, the concert? I did. I saw them for for basically free here. Um, when they did, I think I already talked about this on this podcast. I don't think you did. They did North by Northwest here, like a fake uh, Toronto sort of concert that they were trying to put up. Um. And they had like Post Malone, uh, I think it was K Tronada and Bleachers, and they didn't sell any tickets, so they just gave them all away for free. And you're like right there beside people. Cool. Yeah, it was pretty wicked. I saw Post at Oshiega. That yeah, was, it was right the, after Beerbong and Bentley's. Yeah, that was the next year. Yeah, he's really good. Oh no, that was that year. I saw him before Beerbong's Bentley's dropped. Mm. Then they dropped that. Yeah, I was. And then they did because Stony Stony blew up. Stony is when he was like put his name out there, but he wasn't as big until. Beer well, on yeah. a height. Like people he had just congratulations. Through, people just knew him through Justin Bieber. Yeah. And White Iverson. But yeah, he the because they underestimated how big Post Malone was at Oshaga that year. Because he wasn't. Right. And he then really, well, so they they're giving him, away tickets two months before Oshaga. They put him on a smaller line uh, like a smaller stage and everyone came to that stage yeah. around the time and I could not move. I thought I was gonna die of like heat because everyone was so tightly just together. It was crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, even when I saw him, like, the two months prior, like, there was not a lot of people there. I liked Fall Out Boy's album this year. Got yeah, they uh, performed last night. At the VMAs? Yeah. What song did they do? Uh, we Didn't Start the Fire. I do like their cover of yeah, it. Yeah, it's good. It, it's, it's, it rips. It's kind of clever. They're all wearing, like, D- David Byrne suits. Shout out David Byrne. You like the talking heads? Are they ever going to reunite? The talking heads? Yeah. Uh, why did they stop? I don't know. They did a movie. A24 put out a documentary style movie that was at TIFF and then they had a one night only which sold so many tickets. Not enough for it to be in this top 10. I don't even see it on the list but I remember seeing everywhere around here in Toronto is sold out everywhere. Yeah, TIFF in September 2023. Yeah. Um, huh. I'm just trying to find out why they broke up. 
oh, I guess they split up and then they wanted to use a name, the Shrunken Heads, and David Byrne didn't like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, yeah, David Byrne rips, Talking Head rips. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Talking Heads. You want to get into what we <laughs> watched this week because we talked about music yeah. for like seven Well, you minutes. went to TIFF. Why don't you tell me about uh, what you've seen so far? Yeah, so I've seen two movies so far at TIFF. I started my schedule a bit. <laughs> what a stupid conversation we were just having. It was really dumb. That Sorry, whole guys. 10 minutes was just really <laughs> stupid. We're you guys like a- Addison Ray? Yo, <laughs> how, how good was Post Malone before this? <laughs> We're talking about <laughs> literally everything this podcast is not. That's um, how little movies are out right now. Yeah, d- yeah, literally. You can tell. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So I started my schedule a little bit later than I wanted to. Normally, I do watch at least one or two movies in the first two, like the first weekend before it gets like a bit smaller. But I did start yesterday with arguably one of the bigger names that's blowing up at TIFF and around the festival world. It's even added another screening on Saturday because... That's how popular this film has turned out to be. And that is Richard Linklater's new film, Hitman. If you know me, I'm a big Richard Linklater fan. I love a lot of his older stuff. I'm a big Before Trilogy fan. I love School of Rock, Days of Confused. Do you like the Before before stuff but not the After stuff? Hmm. says a lot. You haven't even watched the After stuff. Oh, that's a horrible, horrible joke. But yes. Is it a joke? I, his more recent stuff has not been great. Well, I don't think he's doing the after movies. Those movies are terrible. <laughs> but where'd you go, Bernadette? And Apollo Ten and a Half. Not the most acclaimed films that he's done more recently. This, however, as he spoke, who was he was in attendance at TIFF, which was a nice surprise. I didn't think he would still be there because the film debuted like two days before, or I believe it was the night before, but he was still there. Normally, like some directors don't usually stay around. They just peace out. He stayed, and that was really cool. So we got to hear him talk about it a little bit, about how this film came to fruition. This is based off of a short article that was written a while back about a man named Gary Johnson, who was a college teacher, but also had a job on the side as working for the police departments where he would be a fake hitman for hire. So what they would do is they would catch criminals or people looking to kill people by having him go out and pretend to be a hitman. No, and then they would have... Right. It's very weirdly like not Linklater. So when I was watching it, I was blown away by like what I was watching because I was like, I haven't seen anything of this quality from Linklater in a long, long time. Oh. The whole film is so, so funny and clever and... Glenn Powell is a revelation in this movie. I've liked Glenn Powell a lot. Holy God, is he great in this film. Hell yeah. The way that you can tell that he's having so much fun playing this character and dressing up in different costumes, because that was part of the the character of Gary Johnson, is that he would get dressed up as what he believed. He would do research and what he believed those people would want as yeah. their hitman to be more convincing. It's so funny so cleverly written, and the deconstruction of that idea of what a hitman actually is. And I don't really want to get into super spoilers about it because obviously the film's not out. I don't want to do that and ruin yeah, yeah. possible I also experiences would like for people. Movie. Yes, but it's so cleverly acted, and it has that Linklater charm that you know and love of his older films. And you can tell that Glenn Powell, who has writing credits on this film... They co-wrote it. They co-wrote this together, and both clearly wanted to just go out and do something so fun that was also not predictable at the same time because it takes a lot of tropes of what you think these types of movies would be 
and it flips it on its head. Every single time I thought it was going to go a specific way, they do something different that feels at this time that it happens. You're kind of like, oh, I don't know about that. And then it goes in a completely different direction that I loved. Adriana Arjona is incredible in this movie. Her chemistry with Glenn Powell is off the charts. And it's so weird. It's like this super sexual rom-com, dark comedy. Okay. But it, it works. It's not a genre. It's There's no genre that I could say to define this film. It's its own thing. And I love that because you don't see that nowadays in films, especially from auteurs like this. He just is willing to go out there and just do this wacky film that I loved. And I want to go watch it again. I gave it four stars, but I was really leaning between four and four and a half. I think there's a couple things that kept it from four and a half, but it's one of my favorite films that I've seen this year in an already very stacked year. I don't think it's coming out this year. It does not have a distribution studio, so this is probably a next year film. Which you means think this year is stacked? Well, you have not seen all the films yet. You're watching more, which I I, I appreciate. Yeah, oh, yeah. I guess throw me your list later again. Yeah, a little bit later. Throw me your link later. Full of beans. Yeah, jokes, it still does not have a distributor, yeah, so yeah. it'll so probably be out. That'll, next be, year. that'll be a next year film. But I really like this thing. So if you're in the Toronto area and you want to see a movie this weekend, tickets are going fast for its last screening. It's on Saturday. I would go check it out. There, It has a chance. I didn't think it would. If this gets the People's Choice Awards at TIFF, because if more people are seeing this with the screen added, look out, because this could be an under-the-radar Oscar contender. It would be insane. I don't know if it could, but Linklater has done it before. Linklater is a loved director in the industry. I really liked it. So be on the lookout for Hitman. Also, shout out Richard Linklater. That guy is just an absolute gem of a human being. He clearly just loves what he does, but also just doesn't care. And he's just so funny to listen to talk about his reasoning for everything because people were throwing these like really like convoluted, like, oh, what did this mean? This or like the relationship between the person you're pretending to be and the director, was that what you intended? He's just like, no, I just <laughs> I just like the character and did it that way. And it was pretty funny. So I enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, so go check out Hitman. The other film that I've watched so far, and this is going to get w- interesting because Next Goal Wins has been a film on my watch list for I think since 2018, since this thing got announced. There has been so much drama with this film, with the countless delays and the countless COVID delays and mainly having to rewrite a character out. <clears throat> Army Hammer. Yep. Uh, that would stop this film from coming out. It's supposed to come out last year as well. And it's finally here. So to say that I've actually sat down and watched Next Goal Wins is pretty incredible <laughs> because I didn't think that this actually would exist. And I like Taika Waititi a lot, okay? I'm going to say this before everyone comes up in arms at me of, oh, well, you're just one of those people online that don't like Taika Waititi because XYZ, because people online hate Taika and want to go at his head for some reason. He gets so much hate online, I don't understand it. I am so mixed on this film. Oh, really? Way more than I thought I would have been because the plot of the film is genuinely interesting. It's about the American Samoa national football team, dubbed the worst team in the world. They were a team that got blown out 31 nothing. This is based off a of real life story as well. Yeah. So 31 nothing. Have you seen the 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 documentary? I've not seen the documentary. And it's about that team's story and the relationship between the coach 
Thomas Ronigan and the team. And it has all of the check marks that you would think of a typical Taika Waititi film that has heart, that has engaging characters and the story. And I sat there and could not connect with anything in this movie because the script is so over the top. Taika Waititi is this might be his worst scripted film that I've seen from a director who really? who won for original screenplay with Jojo Rabbit or was it adapted one of the two screenplays for Jojo Rabbit coming off the back of Jojo Rabbit and I I understand he did Thor Love and Thunder okay there's people out there who don't like Thor Love and Thunder I don't mind it but I get the criticism with that film because it's comedy central and it just feels like skit after skit and it was fine this movie however it is so over the top to the point where you start the film with Taika Waititi staring directly into the camera going, hello, I'm Taika Waititi. This is a film. Welcome to the story of the National Samoan team with some slight exaggerations. And it's like he's narrating it at the start. And then it goes away, and then he's a character in the film. And then he like narrates a little bit later. It's such a bizarre choice, and his humor is just... Not it's not there, and it it oh. sucks because that's what I'm going to a Taika Waititi film for is his humor, but it's dialed up to 17, to the point where every character is saying something all the time. That is just noise of joke after joke after joke. That it just grinded my gears because nothing happened in the first half of this film. You have so much backstory that you had to tell. And they tell it all within five minutes and immediately just go to the team and bring the coach over with no, just no character development for the coach. Like they set an idea of why the coach is like this, but they don't talk about it really. The relationship with his wife is not explored and the relationship with his daughter, which I will not spoil, is barely, barely acknowledged, but it is his central point of his character. And every other character in this film has one or two storylines and no one else is talked about. They have names, sure. I can't tell you a single name on here because they all just fade into nothing except for Jaya. Jaya was the one character that I was concerned about going into this film because she is an openly trans. She was the first openly trans person to play for a FIBA qualifier. And she was part of that team. FIFA. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm, on, my <laughs> yeah, ba- I'm on my basketball mode. I'm on my basketball mode for the FIFA qualifier. And I was worried because I was like worried, but I wasn't because Taika he clearly can handle serious conversation. You saw Jojo Rabbit. And I apparently she really likes it. I wasn't a fan of her character. I like I wasn't a fan of the way that they handled her character. I think that a lot of the hate online is also very overblown with the way that it's handled. I just think it could have been so much more impactful and it could have been the main heart of this story. But it just fell in line with a lot of my feelings of the rest of the film is that I just ultimately didn't care because they all felt like skit comic comic characters of just reading random line after line. I really like the president. The president's the funniest part of the film and he's cute. But the rest of it is just, it drags because of how messy the film is. Why the trans character, the character could have been the heart of the film? Why? Yeah, because she embodies the team in general. 
and like she is the mind because it for the team she is like part of their culture and like it's supposed to be there's supposed to be a relationship between the coach and her and the coach doesn't understand the transition and he dead names her at one point and it was pretty like whoa <laughs> i was like okay and then she kind of forgives him like immediately after which i don't really get but who knows who am i to say that that could have happened but the script was just it was too fast everything was so messy and it could have been explored so much better with so much more depth and to give these characters like remember like to sit here and i could be remembering what i watched but i can't tell you a single thing other characters did in this film and i watched this less than 24 hours ago and i was checking my watch by the end of it hoping it would be over damn and i really liked Scathing. i liked the end sequences because that's when it started to pick up it started to be like okay okay i, I, get, I get it this is the taika i know this is the, here's the heart here's the chart like okay like and then it has the the next goal wins match and then they do this really strange decision while it's building while all that's happening to tell the rest of the events in third person after the first part of it was all first person they just decide for whatever reason to tell it in third person and it took all what it took all of the atmosphere that it was building, all the excitement and whatnot, and just killed it like that. It was crazy. I've never, and then it ends. I'm like, oh, okay. That's rough, man. It is rough, and it sucks because I love Taika, and I know he's very capable of making very good movies, but he seems very proud of this film. I just, I'm not alone. Like, this film online is doesn't have great reviews, which is just upsetting. I just wanted to be, like, have that lighthearted family fun like feel to the film and it's there like this is a crowd pleaser it's definitely there because it's a crowd pleasing story how can it not be it's the worst team in the world it's the ted lasso it's the ted lasso storyline how can it not be crowd pleasing people were cheering because of something that happened in the film which fair enough but everything else around it it just i was not a fan of it It sucked i was not i didn't i was not a fan damn the more i sat with it too i was around a three yesterday i'm going two and a half Damn. Yeah. Skating. Yeah. I don't know. It's just the more I sat with it, like, I just don't, didn't care, which is shocking because it's Taika. He literally made Hitler <laughs> fun and just memorable. Yeah. Who remembers Hitler? <laughs> and then takes a story about Elizabeth Moss is in this film for like maybe five minutes, also. What a disgrace. It's Elizabeth Moss. She should be one of the best parts of the film. You like Elizabeth Moss? I love Elizabeth Moss. Have you seen The Invisible Man? Yeah, love that movie. Great in that film. Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm okay not to see so many Scientologists and things uh, after this weekend. (laughs) I'm okay if we don't uh, watch those people for a little while. Uh, It's just, (laughs) you know, like when, when one of your, like, favorite movies comes out from a director and then you see the next two and you're like, oh, why? Yeah, and like I get it. Off a bit. I get it. I get what people are mad about Thor: Love and Thunder, but I didn't feel that for this film. I felt it for this one, and I get it. Like this is Taika at his worst, and I know that Taika is very capable. Of we've seen it. I just I don't want him to go down this path. I don't want this. I don't want just jokes all the time because nothing is impactful when it's all the time. And there's funny jokes in this. It's just surrounded by so much noise that I don't care by the end of it. And that's not good. That's not a good thing to have about your film. No. 
doodly do. I, I I seem way more scathing probably than I actually am. I just was really I don't upset know. about it. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. And then I watched Bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was it for Tiff. I have a bit more, but I saw Bottoms. I don't have too too much to say about this other than Rachel Sennett is probably the, one of the funniest human beings in the world. She's so clever. She co-wrote the script with the director L L, L- Emma. Sorry, Emma Sel- Seligan. They're best friends. Yes, and you would think that. Adebri is also best friends with Rachel Sennett because their chemistry they is look like they are now incredible. The two of them are so funny. There's such a distinct feeling of this film. Like I, I hate when comedies nowadays don't try to do something different, and they're very much just like basic and do what they do best, and don't have like a distinct style. This film, from the very start, tells you it's going to be weird. Like it's a strange film, but you buy into it immediately because these characters are having a blast and having the time yeah. of their life. But two girls who start a fight club because they want to they want to get laid. Like it's so funny and it's so different and you can tell that it has a little bit of improv to it because at the end they show like a blooper reel and there's alternate scenes to it. Yeah. And it just feels like they're making so much of it up on the top and it's really funny. Marshawn Lynch is hilarious in this film. I love the two characters. If you like stupid, crazy, fun comedies this is this is it like it's the next edition in the high school str- yeah genre. this is why i was a little uh two girls starting a fight club in high school to lose their virginity it does not sound like a good movie it doesn't but they make it hilarious yeah I've, apparently it's very very funny and like the character I, I am probably gonna go see that this weekend the characters are like they're so unlikable, but you end up really liking them because of how charismatic these two are. And I loved the supporting cast as well. Ruby Cruz was really good in this thing. <laughs> Nicholas Goldenzine as Jeff. Oh my God. He is like the stupidest human being I've ever seen in a film. He would like look at himself in the mirror and go, Jeff. <laughs> Just like stupid things like that. Just being a stupid, toxic male football player. It's so much fun. It goes full once upon a time in Hollywood <laughs> for its last act. And if you like that style, you'll really like this film. If you oh, like yeah. Uncut Gems, go watch it. It's out in theaters. It's out in theaters. Got to get that one four out of five. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I watched Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, you did? Yeah. Thoughts? Fi- finally back on it. It's good. It's probably my least favorite Indiana Jones of the trilogy. I know a lot of people think it's their favorite. I don't. Last Crusade? Yeah. Ah, oh, Raiders probably. Yeah, but I see a lot of love for Last Crusade over Temple of Doom, and I had way more fun with Temple of Doom than I did with this. Sean Connery, however, as Henry Jones, is like a top five all-time character. He's so good. He outshines Harrison Ford in this film. He's so, so good. I'm so upset we didn't see more of their dynamic in like other films because their chemistry was so entertaining and took me through a lot of scenes that I didn't really enjoy. But it, I still give it. <laughs> I still give it four out of five stars. It's still good. It's still really good. I just think it's my least favorite Indiana Jones film of the trilogy. So don't come at me with your nah, pitchforks. I, but I, I think the the what's the what's the third one? That's the, the second last one. Last Crusade. Right? That oh, that's the third one. Yeah. So oh, that's the one with the the kid. No, the kids. This I thought the that's kid Temple was the Doom. third one. Temple of Doom. That's Temple of Doom. Yeah. That's the prequel. Yeah, the prequel. Okay, that's why I'm thinking now. Second one's the prequel, yes. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that one was the worst. So Last Crusader probably says second then. And that's fair. That's okay. honestly fine. I just had way too much fun with Temple of Doom. 
it's just over the top in a way that I really enjoy. This one's I, a lot more just, dialed back. It's just it dials so different than all yeah. the other Indiana Jones with where you like like especially if you if you're a big Raiders fan, then yeah. you just do not like that one because it's so like oh. F off. <laughs> it is really weird, and I think that's why I enjoyed it more because it's more out there. Yeah, and I it think goes it, for maybe if you like a standalone thing, you you're gonna go on Crystal Skull now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A little Shia LaBeouf in there. Yeah. Ooh, that's a back to back bad combo for dudes. <laughs> Harrison Ford and no, yeah, Sean Connery like slapping women. You just watched the Taika Waititi, Michael Fassbender <laughs> like slapping women. And you know Shia LaBeouf Tyka likes slapping, slapping women. women. What are you talking about? No, uh, Michael Fassbender. Oh, <laughs> you said Tyka slapping women. I was like, you can't throw that and out there. You know Shia LaBeouf. Jeez, bro, that yeah. is. Uh, and you just watched the Bottoms, where you just talked about a character who's funny because he's toxic man. I don't know, Jake. <laughs> You're uh, creeping on a little weird there. Hey, man, we're getting kooky on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's uh, it's okay. It's I th- I'm, I don't want to watch Kill with the Crystal Skull, but I'm gonna have to to yeah. get to the fifth one. Jeez, dude. Some famous people suck. Why are you surprised by that, Michael? This is the world we live in. That is like disgust. Just thinking about that. Oh my god, Michael Fassbender literally like Chris Brown somebody, and nobody like faces no repercussions for it. That's insane. I don't. Does, oh, you have to Google I, it. I don't. I don't know about this. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yikes! I I didn't know about that. Yeah, I didn't like Michael Fassbender in the movie. If that's any consolation, you, did for you us. like anybody in that movie? Yeah, I liked the president. The president was a lot oh, of fun. Yeah. I really so liked him. He's really cute. he's like by far the best part of the movie. The trans character they they should be the heart of the movie because of the character, not because they're trans, right? Yes, because okay. of the character and because of the. So story. I feel like we shouldn't be like like forcing uh, plot lines based on somebody's no sexual transition. No, of course it's or the fact transition. it's the fact that. She's the first to ever have done that. And there's such a fun, like, there's such an interesting narrative there that's just not explored. And it's relegated to just, like, there's weird. Relegated to pun. Yeah. And there's jokes about her being trans. And I'm just like, I, like, I don't, that's not what the point of the character should be, you know? Okay. And I'm just like, it just doesn't, it doesn't hit as well as like you think it should be for a character and for a story that's so prevalent and like, She's like head of like FIBA equity and everything. FIFA, like that. bro. FIFA. It's football. Football. FIFA, uh, like equality and inclusion. You would think that she should have a better character story arc than she actually did. Yeah. But it's interesting. Anyways, that's me rambling for 30 minutes. You go now. Uh, I don't know if Apple TV is worth it. Oh, no. You're going to give me your bad um, severance take, aren't you? I'm not done severance. I think oh, I'm okay. on the last episode, uh, but I'm not into it. It's tough to get into. It is tough to keep going with it. It's such an interesting concept. I'm just, I'm not even bored. Like when I put it on, I, I, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I'm just not like not motivated to like be into it. And I know you said the ending, like the last episode is going to be really good. So I'm, I'm hoping for it. And you were right about Ted Lasso. I finished Ted Lasso and you, the last three episodes were like fantastic. It mm-hmm. went back to like being great Ted Lasso. Yep. Uh, but that show is like it had such a horrible middle that it's like tough to to even recommend it anymore. Yeah. Like I don't that show really just I think it wrapped up at the perfect time because it fell off. So what do you think about Roy and Jamie and Keely's ending? Oh, how nobody how she all... just slams the door on them and that's it. Yeah, that's great. You like the ending? Yeah. Okay. 
Why? You didn't like that? No, not really. Why? It felt very unsatisfying. Unsatisfying? Why? Because I, I wanted to just see, I like, it leaves them in a place where, like, you don't know if they're friends anymore, like Keely and- They are friends. They were all at the, the barbecue at the end. Were they together? Yeah, they were hanging out together. Oh, okay. Well, then, I don't know. I don't know. I'm they just about. weren't romantically linked. Yeah, that's fine. That That's fine. It was just yeah, well, at it the was time. more about her progression, and which I uh, thank God they gave her that ending and she could find herself because the, the forced love interest <laughs> in the third season was ridiculous. Jack is the awful, awful character. Weird, awful storyline. Weird character. Um, and then, like, the them also still being in love with her was also felt really forced at the end. Yeah, like, that, that's what I was talking about. Those characters have gone such like, separate ways where it was like, I don't really care that they want to like each other. Yeah. Um, and it also sucked, too, for, for, Roy, for Roy and Jamie because they were making such great, like, those were the only two characters I liked through this season, basically. Yep. By far, yeah. They're, but, like, the MVPs of the season. Yeah. The the final, I think it was the final three, maybe the final two. They I think it's the final four because there is the one with the, um, I don't, sorry, I don't remember his number, his his name. When the captain punches a fan, and it was the whole storyline about like the coming yeah. of story. That was very well, like that episode's great. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, it was it, it was a great it's ending. Like the final you're, four. You're one hundred percent right. It it ended fantastically, and I don't think they should keep it going. I don't want a spinoff. No. I don't want one. I, I don't because it clearly fell off. And they again, you could see everything that Beard was writing. Just horrible, horrible character. He got so much worse in this season. How'd you feel about Nate's redemption arc? I was fine with it. Yeah, I, I think it was handled okay. I think they, I don't know if they wanted to do way more with it, and they're like, okay, this is probably going to be our last season. Let's just wrap it up because they could have gone like a whole different direction. Yeah. Um, him just quitting. Like I wanted more of that. Like. Like they should have given us something a little more with him, but mm-hmm. it was fine. I if they were to do a spinoff, it's clearly going to be Richmond, like the whole team. That's why yeah. they would let Roy be captain or the coach manager, of the team yeah. manager. I don't want Ted Lasso season four. If this goes back to Jason Sudeikis in back at home coaching like his son's oh, team, I'd be okay with that. I don't know, man. We I start it. It's just it was lightning in the bottle the first time. I don't know if you can do it a second time with younger kids. I don't think you can do it. Well, no, they do it in like he's coaching college or something. I, I, I understand that there's a chance of it, but it's you don't get the same thing twice. And people fell in love with these characters. That it's going to be a tough spot to follow up on the perfect storm of characters. I don't think they should try. Um, I don't think he wants to. They should have let them win the league. I thought that was such a horrible ending. Gotta let Man City win, man. That that must have been the contract or something. Okay, we can beat you in one game, or yeah, beat you in one game and then go. Like it was, it was so stupid because you, no way that they lose those and then come in second anyway. By the way, the whole even believing in that is stupid. So just let them win the league because also what they already had done is basically impossible. Well, I say that, but in 2016, Leicester City did it. So just let them do the Leicester story. Well, they didn't let them win the league in case that they're doing a spinoff so that they can go That's and win so the league. stupid. But it's what they did. You know that. Or, like, like, get the rights to the FA Cup and let them win a trophy. Because I remember in the second season, they were like, oh, and they still remain a club without a major trophy. And I was like, oh, that's what they're going to do? I feel like if they do a spinoff, they're going to do, oh, we bought the Champions League rights. We're going to do Champions League stuff. And that's just going to be so annoying. <laughs> just let them win the league in that. Like, I'm okay with sports movies. Like, they did it all throughout the 80s and 90s where you don't win in the end, but you come second place. But you, the, the real victory was, was learning whatever. Ugh. <laughs> they should have just let them win in this thing because nothing made sense up to that point anyway when it came to the, the actual Premier League. So whatever. Just, just let them win the thing. Yeah. 
Because it was all leading up to that, and then yeah, they just glossed over it. And said, yeah, what? I know. What? I know. They should have won. It's ridiculous. I, it was probably written in contracts somewhere that they would have I, won. I, I 100% think that. Like, Which oh, is we dumb. Can get Pep, it's a, you can beat Manchester City. It's a game. television show. It's so stupid. Just let them win. Who does that? Like, does it lessen the league at all because they won? No. no? You know <laughs> what, though? Like, it, it, it is weird. Like, some teams would just never sign off on being a part of that show. And then Pep waltzes his way onto the show. That was it's like, bananas. It's like, what? <laughs> I, I liked him in it, actually. He wasn't, uh, hey, although wasn't... his little line, like, oh, it's all about them uh, being better people at the end of the day. Okay, like, Pep. What? Pep, you're famous for screaming at your mic. <laughs> <laughs> like, Come on, bro. Yeah. He's trying to build his image back up. What do you mean? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> nuts. Um, yeah, Severance, I wasn't a fan. Um, almost on hijack now. I really like shrinking still, and then I started the after party. Did you finish season. shrinking? Yeah, I finished shrinking. I really like that one. I started the after party and halfway through season two. I think. Oh, I dropped. I dropped it. Season two. I dropped. Yeah, I dropped the after party. Did you like the season one? Yeah, I really liked season one. Yeah. Okay. So season <laughs> one is so far my favorite thing that I've seen on Apple TV. Okay. Like I loved how they they did it. Like, and it was just it wasn't quick. Like I was able to knock it out in a day, mm-hmm. or it it was quick. I was able to like knock it out in a day. Like, oh. I saw that, and it's one of those shows where you kind of want to rewatch because you're like, oh, what was I missing from yada yada? Great ensemble cast in it. Uh, yeah, and I'm halfway through the second season. It's not as good. No, not at all. At all. It's the same thing with a worse cast and less fun because you're they've done the genres, and it's just, it's not, it's the same thing again, and it's not as endearing well, this time around. They went a little more over the top with the different, like versions where like the Wes Anderson one was well done. I didn't even get that far. They do a Wes Anderson episode which was pretty well done. Well, you know how I feel about Wes Anderson. Um, well, then you actually might like that episode. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just weird. I I don't think it's bad. Like okay. I'll finish it. Uh, it it really was not a good back to back. Like I'll keep watching the show because I just well, finished it, season one. And it also it shows you the quality drop. If you just watch season one to go to season two, and you're like, "Oh, like that's a pretty far co- like," it's, I don't even think it's close. Like, it's not very good. And I spoke high praises of the first season. It's just not very good. It's yeah, upsetting. it's tough. I I just think the cast in the first one was so well put together. I mean, the yeah. second season's the cast is so far fine. It's okay. I, I, I also don't, don't like f- Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, I'm not a huge Tiffany Haddish fan either. I don't get it. I think it's her best thing I've seen her in, but I, even then I don't really think she's... I don't like her. Yeah. One of those people. Uh, last week you said you liked or You were surprised Emma Roberts had a bad performance or something. What what <laughs> what has she ever done that's good? Scream. Okay, besides Scream. Have you watched Nerve? Yeah. I like her in that. Nerve, like the game one where they have, yeah. To, yeah have a that's a guilty pleasure of mine. Franco, Dave Franco, or Dave Franco, the good Franco. Wow, we are dropping <laughs> just some horrible people in this podcast. Uh, what do you mean, Emma Roberts? I love Emma Roberts, but it's because she's so bad in everything, and everything she does is bad. She's not bad in American Horror Story. People just hate her. She that. sucks in American Horror <laughs> no, Story. She's, she's playing bad. a terrible role, no. and it's good. No, no, I, I'm saying I like her in that, but she is sucking at it, and that's why she's good at it. <laughs> like she stinks. Uh, I don't know. I like her. I like her a lot. She's. I. I would say I love her. Oh, I love her in movies, but she. Oh, sucks. I thought you were just gonna say you love her. In no, general. she sucks, and that's why I think I like her. 
I, I was like, <laughs> You're so I was listening back to that and like, why do you, what have you seen that she's good at? Literally, man. She's phenomenal. Now I can say it. Now you can, now you can agree with me on that. Shocked you didn't give that five stars, by the way. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sure. And that's going to wrap up. <laughs> Is that all you watched? Yeah, that's all I watched. Why oh. don't you tell us what comes out this weekend? Okay, yeah. Uh, not too much. There's, again, you know, we're in the, the dog days at the moment. Dog days are ogre. It's a great song. You, the terrible lyrics from you. Oh, uh, Jeopardy's back. Cool. I watched some Jeopardy. Is it still Ken Jennings? Ken J. Okay, then maybe I am uh, is not because she's on strike. And she should stay there. Jeopardy is, uh, <laughs> why don't you like mine? Because she does not fit the show at all. Just give it Did to you Ken. you watch Jeopardy? Yeah. What is she bad at? I just, I don't know. There's something about her that I'm not, I don't love on the show. I don't think she just, she tries to be too funny at times too. And I'm just like, just, just be fine. Like, let Ken do it. Ken has already shown that he can be that guy. And he just connects with them on a very, on a very personal level that feels fine. And it's not overstepping. It feels like she is just, she just is like awkward on the show and just doesn't fit the tone of it at all. I just get more Alex from Ken than I do from her. Yeah, I was anti Ken Jennings when they when he they were sort of like testing the waters a couple seasons ago when they yeah. had his own category and he wasn't very good. But now he's like literally the perfect host. Like yeah, he's great. Just just keep Ken. Mayim's bad because she does try to be too funny. Mm. She she's always like waiting an extra second for the answer because she just has no clue or whatever. She's horrible at talking to the guests. Yeah, that's like, what I meant by the connection. Genuinely terrible at it and like she does the fake laugh after everything you're like what are you laughing at nobody said a joke it's the jimmy fallon it's like genuinely so atrocious yeah she's like as a jeopardy like hardo like the fact that she called she <laughs> you called, can't say that word remember you can say hardo <laughs> we looked it up you're, you can't say it. the fact that she called uh jeopardy the jeopardy round the single jeopardy round yeah. shut up man <sighs> what the bad. hell is single jeopardy yeah, she's it's bad. called the jeopardy round Anyway, it was it was brutal. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of should I keep watching Jeopardy because they're not writing new questions; they're using old questions for the writer strike. But like they are still putting the show out. It's an interesting. What do you do? Because I love Jeopardy. I watch every single episode. Speaking of putting stuff out, Drew Barrymore, you are an awful human being. What'd she do? She is continuing her show without writers. Oh well, is she writing it? I believe so. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So she is anti the strike right now and is doing her own thing. So you suck. Interesting. I feel like it's it's a hard thing to navigate the Jeopardy thing. Because I want to watch Jeopardy and it is old questions. Technically what we're doing is anti SAG-AFTRA. No, we're, we're not scabbing. We don't make any money off anything. It, it says any reviewing of any type. Well, I mean, we can. We're not promoting any movies. We don't post about movies. Also, this is just for like ten people, our our friends and family. It's not ten. It's more than ten. <laughs> well, yeah. I give guess. us more. Give us more Fire. credit. It's a lot more people. I guess. Give I guess more we're credit. more popular. Yeah, you underestimate the amount of people that actually are listening to us. Okay. Yeah. It's just interesting. Yeah. I don't know. It. it it's a tough. It's a tough boundary to navigate. I think. I don't know. That's a that's a moral. Everything is like that though nowadays, you know. 
Kids say anything, you get canceled, man. Oh, What's bro, that you already know about it, man. Uh, this week, <laughs> good transition there. After everything is going into limited, so it is not fully out yet. It is just in limited. Okay. So if you can find anything that comes out limited, it has that as well. I, oh, my God. A Haunting in Venice. You a fan of Agatha Christie books? You got the third one. Apparently, it's the best one, is what I've heard. Heck yeah. I really don't want to go watch it, and I probably will not. So, Michael, Why? that'll all be you. You don't like those movies? I do not, even though I really like Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh? Kenneth Branagh. So, yes, that is all that is coming out there in theaters, so not too much. And for TV, however, it's looking like more of the same. I'm looking through these names, looking through these names. Hey, you like Yellowstone? No. Yellowstone season one is coming back on TV again. <laughs> season one? <laughs> Rebroadcasting season Why? one. I don't know. Is... Why, have you seen that show? No. Watch that show and then like tell, tell me who you think likes that show. Because a lot of people like that show. I'm just telling you. You tell me the oh, demographic I, oh, I who you oh, think I know a lot show. of people like that show. Okay. You tell me the demographic. The main show, that show is the morning show. Season three is coming out yes. this Okay, week. I have to watch that one. I do want to catch up. I've started it. I have not finished it, but I have heard good things, and I really like the casting in that show. It's a very well-casted show. So, yes, this is season three. So if you're a big fan of that one, that starts today at the date of recording. So first three episodes are already out. What's uh, what's your favorite Kenneth Branagh movie? That he's directed? Yeah. Artist no, no. Foul. Anything. <laughs> been in, been in. Acting. I hate it. I, I sat through Artemis Fowl. <laughs> That's foul, bro. Uh, there's a review out there somewhere in the world, so you guys can search up this and try to find myself. Dog water. Um, I really like him in Tenet. I think he's really funny and. Do you fun. think his best movie is Tenet? No, I don't think his best movie is Tenet. But I just said I really like him in Tenet. Okay, now let me continue to look through his list. I don't think I've seen a lot of these films, to be honest. Gilderoy Lockhart. I really like him as Gilderoy Lockhart. And Harry Potter. I know you're a huge Harry Potter fan. He's he's giving me a death glare right now. He's not happy with me. Uh, Harry no. Potter. The only answer for me is Hamlet. Yeah? Yeah. He's really good in Hamlet. Really good in Hamlet. And it's a really well-directed film. Incredible. Yeah. I knew, that, I knew you were going to like that answer. You were giving me a death glare, so I had to get on your nice side for a little bit. He is not direct. He is a weird filmography, man. Super bizarre, bro. <laughs> so strange. Super bizarre. Like bana- bananas. Very odd. You, ban- you a fan of the magic flute? Um, excuse me, sir? <laughs> the hell is that? He made a film called The Magic Flute, which is adapted from Mozart's song. I'm not saying that name because I can't read it. Die Zaberfloti. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. This is a film that came out. You didn't say Thor. I thought you were going to say Thor. Yeah, Thor and its Dutch angles? No. <laughs> Constant Dutch angles in that film. No, thank you. I also, hot take, don't like Belfast. He won an Oscar for it. Should not Belfast. have won. Belfast. That was way overdue for Kenneth Branagh. What else was nominated? Everything else. 
Also, we're thinking of a segment where we just go through years when it comes to the Academy Awards and yes. say what we think would have won. Yes. I think we will try to do that on our next episode. Let us let us know if you guys are interested. That means I have to watch the King's like Speech. You've never seen the King's Speech. I have not seen the King's Speech. So that's why I was gonna I've been thinking of doing it for a while, but that's I need to watch the King's Speech before I can go okay. So you wanna do that year? Are we gonna do Yeah, we gotta start off with twenty ten. Twenty ten. Yes, we are. Oh yes, I remember. We're going from twenty ten to twenty to now. So by the time we do all this, the twenty twenty two Oscars. So that is gonna be the year we'll do it. We're not gonna do them in like successive weeks. It'll just be whenever we feel like doing it. Ooh, what an interesting So twenty ten Oh no, that is What we were thinking of doing is Everything that was nominated, everything that we think should have won, but only if it was nominated. So we cannot go off the pickings. We have to go with what the Academy voted as those best. We can just decide if we want to change it up. So, you know, if we go best picture, say the King's Speech won, but we go, no, I really like the King's Speech. Keep it like that. Let me keep it. Or Mike goes, no, it has to be the social network. Then it's the social network. But if we go off the charts and say Thor, (laughs) we can't do that. Okay. It's interesting. It's Th- interesting. Those are the those are the guidelines for that. So if you want us to see hear us do that, doesn't matter. We're probably going to do it anyways. <laughs> so we're not going to listen to your feedback. But that'll be on the lookout coming soon. And yeah, that's it for TV and movies. So I think I think we're done. I think yeah. we're, I think we're all good here. That's going to wrap up another enchanting episode of Cinemates. We I'm hope so you enjoyed enchanted. our exploration and captivating world of cinema. Of what we watched a little uh, tiff in there. We got a little box office grind. It's good to be back. Feels nice to be back on the microphone. Uh, we are going to uh, be back next week, maybe even Friday. Probably not Friday. Jake's going to another tip thing. <laughs> Two. Uh, anyway, Heartfelt, thank you to all our listeners. Sorry we have been a little absent lately, but it's just this week. It's just as we get to get settled back into our school grind here. So uh, we will be back next week. And all of our TikTok lovers, we'll be back. We, we will promise. Be back I, I see TikTok. you clicking on our TikTok, Liam. We'll get those up there, okay? <laughs> anyway, until next time, keep watching, keep dreaming, and follow our socials at Mike Jose Collins on X, Jake underscore Schultz 6 on Twitter. X, uh, and uh, the Cinemates Pod on YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, all on our link trees, all available there for you. So thank you guys very, very much. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Check those aerodynamics, bro. Uh.